so here we are, episode two. And I think it's important we start out on our update on life. It is early, so we are recording. I have to just start there. We are recording early. It is 5.30 in the morning, which is normally what my time? Time. What? What time did you get up? So I got up at 4.45 a.m. Central Time, and that's early for me. I get up at 5 normally. To 15 minutes of, earlier. I know. And you're I know. <laughs> I know, but okay. I know what this seems like, but the reason is, is because normally when I get up at 5 a.m., which is kind of a new thing, I try to make this commitment to have like me and God time. So I get up, I listen to my little Bible app, I get real researchy and I read my Bible, anyways, but I'm silent. I'm not talking. You know, like there's no mm-hmm. noise I'm in a blanket, and I just have this hour before I, my family gets up with me and in the Bible. And so now I'm like talking and thinking and <laughs> it's just a little yeah, think. like moving around, moving my hands around. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why I have to move my hands around to do this, but <laughs> anywho, so recap on life. What is going on, Krista? What's going on in the world on your end in Tennessee? Oh, lots of rain. Not a whole lot. I could probably do a weekly update on what new sickness has happened in my house. I feel like ever since the kids started daycare, it's one yeah. thing or another. So we were finally coming over the hump and I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> but last week, a couple of days, um, or I had to keep Waylon home for a week because mm-hmm. he got a really bad rash on his bum from some, like sitting, some diarrhea. Sitting. Oh, okay. Yeah, and in Tennessee, and I don't know if this is true for other states, but I was told that when he's at daycare, they the providers are not allowed to put diaper cream on his butt. So oh, he wow. just didn't get some attention that he probably needed. So oh, um, it was a stomach bug, uh, right? Yeah. And yeah. then three days ago, Brandon got it. So he was like down for the count. Did and he then, get a rash too? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I hope not. <laughs> uh, when he wakes uh, up, it's some good conversation with your husband. You just ask him. <laughs> I got to ask. Megan needs to know. Um, and then Jalen Jalen got nauseous and she was having it. Um, and then this morning I kind of woke up and I was like, oh, my stomach hurts. I really hope I'm not getting what, what they had. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to get everybody better because Wyatt has, we had rescheduled, he is getting his tonsils and adenoids removed. So I'm hoping everybody can get better. Yeah. But, but that's that. Um, work is good. Life is good. You know, just chugging along. I signed up to volunteer at my church Mm -hmm. and I also signed up to be a connect group host. So going through the process of getting a background check and making sure I'm a good fit, but it seems like it. So yeah. What about you? That's What's cool. going on with Megan? Oh, um, so we, we haven't really experienced this sickness, which our fingers crossed. That's good. Cause we normally are a, a house of sick people, but thankfully so far, everybody's been healthy, but, um, our daughter's car broke down. So we had to deal with getting that fixed and then selling. We, we, sold her truck. Thank you, Jesus. Um, so I thought it'd be really cool. And this is your fault, Krista. 
I blame you for this. I'm going to tell you why. Oh, no. <laughs> so listen, back in the day, you had that really cool black truck. Do you remember this? Yeah. And we would go to Sonic in high school. Oh, no. I had the I underglow. Yes, you had the underglow, which apparently is illegal. If you get pulled oh. over, they can give you a ticket, but they are not allowed to pull you over for the underglow. Okay. I'm a nerd. I do the research. So anyways, um, <laughs> because yes, I considered getting underglow on my car at one point, And then my brother was like, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Anyways. Um, You're over 30. Don't. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. Uh, no. So <laughs> that'd be so embarrassing. Uh, the drop off line with my underglow. But no, so you were so cool back then, and I thought it was the coolest thing when we pull into Sonic with your big old truck, and I was like, look at us, we're girls in this big, cool truck. And so <laughs> when it became time to get Macy her first you know, vehicle, she's an ag anyways, so she's always hauling pig feed and shavings and doing all this stuff, and so I was like, it just makes sense to get her this really cool big truck, you know, and then she can go to Sonic. Yes. How cool. But then when, you know, I was so excited, I got her like a cherry red lifted truck. I was like, these tires are almost as big as me. She's going to be so cool. And uh, well, I didn't really look at the odometer because I'm a female, which that's awful to say. That's not right. Maybe that's sexist. (laughs) Maybe, you know, there's women that are like, I look at that. Okay. So I'm sorry. I'm not a very good car person. So I just saw it and was like, heck yeah, 7,000 bucks. Yep. We'll do it. You know, like that. Yep. We'll do it. And didn't look at the odometer. And it was over like 200 and something thousand miles on that truck. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and we're not car people. So it's just been, it's been a How journey. That, and then, that gas bill, that gas mileage. That was awful. Like 11 miles to a gallon. Oh. And poor baby Macy, she saw it. I say poor, like it's, it's a blessing. She had a vehicle that is awesome. Um, but she saw it and she didn't, she didn't have those same Sonic vibe feelings that I had. So she was like, what, why did you get me this? Why, why didn't you just get me like a car? I was like, oh my gosh. But anyway, she appreciated it. It did its job for the last two years. It, you know, it was easy to throw all this pig stuff in. Um, but we, we sold it. Thank you, Jesus again. And now she has a little Nissan that will get her through college. So, yeah. Nice. So that's what we were doing. Kind of just busy doing that. I have a student teacher that, that just started. So busy at work, um, just leaning into that. But, but yeah, it's kind of it's kind of life on this end. But, but anyway, but I guess we can jump into uh, today's episode. Yeah, today we're we're talking about a fun topic, repentance. So just to recap from the last episode, we kind of talked about the structure, and I think we will have a series um, where we talk about different things. But I think it's also important that we move when the Spirit moves. So if there's something on on your mind, Megan, or if there's something you feel compelled to talk about, we're going to talk about it. I think that's important. So we may be all over the place, um, but we do have a plan to some degree. Um, So the plan right now is just walking through Hebrews um, six through one, the elementary principles or the foundation of, you know, being a, being a Christian. Um, And so I'll read, I read from, the New King James 
the last episode and I I don't know if anybody's done or if you have done verse mapping um I have, I have but I've seen it and it looks really cool actually yeah the the James method our our church was selling those those journals so oh. I picked one up and was just kind of flipping through it and I was like this is a good that's a good cool. idea. And one of the mm-hmm. things was go look at different versions um, or translations. Go read them. Mm-hmm. So I did. So I'm reading from the New Living Translation, Hebrews. I'm going to start in Hebrews 5, uh, chapter 5, verse 11. And we'll just kind of recap or talk about that here and then jump right into the first principle, which is repentance. So Hebrews 5, chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse 11. There is much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. I'll pause right there. Ouch. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we have so much we want to say. It's presumed to be Paul who wrote Hebrews, but he's, he's talking to these new Christians um, or Jews that had converted and he's basically saying, we we have so much to say, but we can't say it to you because, you know, you're, hard we have, yeah. you're dull. You're spiritually dull. Yeah. You haven't advanced from the basic principles. So to that, me, that it's reminds kind of, me almost of the Pharisees. Like when Jesus was trying to tell them, like, here's the way, here's the right way to do this. And they were like, that's blasphemy. That's blasphemy. Yeah. Like they're hard of hearing because they have established what they believe rather than listening to what, you know, what really was intended. Anywho, but you know, so true, but that's what he's saying here in, in verse 12, he says, you have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again, the basic thing about God work, God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. So that would lead us into um, chapter six, where he talks about, you know, what are the basic principles that you guys should be teaching on now? Yeah. And so it says, let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so, God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. So, recap the elementary principles um, are repentance, faith, baptism, laying on of hands, resurrection, and eternal judgment. So, you know, we, Megan, you and I, and I, we've talked about this. We believe that after reading this, like true spiritual maturity is the consistent practice of all of these elementary principles. Mm -hmm. So me being practical, I'm like, give me a list and here, here's my list. So in order for me to become mature spiritually, Mm -hmm. I've got to train or practice these things every single day. Just sharing your story, sharing your testimony, or here's how I repent daily. Like here's something that I'm struggling with and I have to constantly repent for it. Um, 
So yeah, I think, I think it's interesting in too. I, I read, so I was kind of researching a little bit about it. Um, and it said it's, it's fascinating how a lot of Christians don't even know the first or these principles, right? They don't know them. Um, certainly people that aren't Christian typically don't know them, but even Christians that have been Christians for a while don't know them. Um, and so, but it's, I mean, really all of those principles are the story. It's the gospel story. It's really what it mm-hmm. knows about. Um, but I thought that was interesting because to be fair, I didn't really know them. Like I knew, I know the importance of each individual thing, but I never knew that that was outlined until you brought it up, you know, cause it's just not something that yeah. mentioned a lot in church. It, yeah. It's not taught. And I, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Right. I had this view of repentance as okay. I said, I'm sorry. And I believe in Jesus. So mm-hmm. I'm good. Yeah. And that was one thing going to retreat for me was, no, it's a daily thing. And so I think we can, you know, what, what did you think repenting was? Uh, For me, repentance, I think kind of like what you said before really diving into this, I thought it was a one-time, a a one-time thing. Like, you know, you, you say, I'm sorry for my sins. Uh, I thought it was very ritualistic. That that's mm-hmm. a bad thing to say, but that's how I felt. Like you say, "I'm sorry for my sins." You know, I accept Lord or Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Um, Holy Spirit, come, and there you go. That's what I thought. And you're forgiven of all your sins. Yeah, you're forgiven, and and that's true. I don't dis. You know, I don't discount that. I think that's all true. But like you mentioned, I thought that was it, one and done. And mm-hmm. in the downside of that, which I guess we can we can talk about in detail in a little bit, is the reality of like, well, then what happens when you sin again? Yeah. You know, all of a sudden it sets you up for uh, discouragement, and it opens well, it a door. The it opens devil. a door to the enemy. Yeah, yes, it opens a door to the enemy to be like, oh, oh you don't get it. And when when mm-hmm. sin happens and you mess up, you misstep. You know, the enemy comes in. Satan comes in and is like, oh man, let's talk about it. You know, and then you're reminded real quick that you're human, and you're like, oh, okay, so I, I repented. I quote unquote turned away, but here I am again. So wow. There goes that. Yeah, you feel like a failure. Or you're you're a disappointment. Yeah. Have you ever felt like that? Yeah. So I mean, I have for sure. Um, we've talked about it. You know, I I had growing up, I've always had really bad anxiety, um, social anxiety. So I can I can turn on. You know, like I'm a teacher, so I feel like I I'm, I turn on every day when I go into the classroom. I become like I'm a circus ringleader, and I have a show that I present. But um, but it takes a lot for me. I am. That's what I feel like. I'm a math teacher. So you have to, you have to really put on a show. Um, (laughs) it's the truth, but in, in the general public, like with adults, I have high anxiety and I used to drinking for me. Like, I don't really care to drink in general. Like that's not something I would do at home by myself, but if I'm out, that's my first, that was my first go-to. And Mm -hmm. Uh, of course, drinking for me, like 
I become party Megan when I drink and I, I'm not good at drinking just one. So I lived in that cycle for so long of, of having to go to events or having to do things where drinking was available and it made me feel more comfortable. And then inevitably I would wake up the next morning and just be ashamed, just be ashamed of who I was and how I acted. Um, and it just kind of set in that. And then it, you know, it was a constant thing. And so anywho, and then yes, it had me thinking, well, God, I, I asked for forgiveness. I accepted you as, as my Lord and savior, like, okay, God, so what do I like? I'm still broken. Clearly, like clearly I haven't figured it out. So I guess I'm not savable. You know, I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not savable. And that's what it, you know, that's kind of the interpretation I got from that. Um, clearly that's not the truth. <laughs> so we could talk more about that and kind of how uh, I walked out of that. But that's, that was what I battled with for years after getting saved was anytime I messed up or, you know, sin entered my life again, even, even sin just like of being unforgiving mm-hmm. or bitter, you know, any, anything that I was just, yeah, I couldn't let go of. And I was like, oh man, I'm really not yeah. saved. Look at, I'm still this broken sinner. Like I'm not worthy. I'm not, you know. Yeah, so. I think, well, it is important as a new Christian or a new believer to know that, you know, God loves you regardless and we will sin again. You are mm-hmm. going to sit, you're going to sin today probably or tomorrow, whatever. It ju- It gets easier. You know, the closer we get with God and the more in tune our spirit gets and the more mature we get by constantly practicing these principles, like we're going to get better at it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I deal with it. Um, you know, for me, work has been very important in my life. I get a lot of self-worth from my work and my job and, and having a title Mm -hmm. Uh, or I used to, Yeah, you and I have talked, you know, here lately, I, you know, I, I repented and said, Lord, forgive me for not putting you first in all that I do Mm -hmm. for seeking that job title. Forgive me. Mm -hmm. You know, keep, turn my eyes to you. And, and, and every day I, it, it seeks in, like seeps in into like when I'm having conversation or where I feel like, well, I need to get credit for this or I need people to know what I did. And so I, more so now, right, I, I catch myself and I know it's Holy Spirit saying, what are you doing? Yeah. But, but isn't and that, I go, I've heard backspace. that. Yeah, I've heard that said a lot is like, that's something right there is when you start catching yourself and noticing it, like Mm -hmm. things that you didn't notice before. I feel like that's indication that you truly are trying to walk with Christ. Like Holy Spirit is in you. It's he's in, you know, speaking to you and being like, Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, like think about Mm -hmm. this, think about what was just said, think about your next actions. You know, it's, it's giving Mm -hmm. you pause, you know? Yep. So, so, so the Greek translation metanoia for repentance literally means to change your mind. Mm-hmm. So you could say, this is what I say. Repentance is essentially agreeing with God about what sin is, changing your mind and turning to him. Mm-hmm. So God, whatever you say is sin, whatever Holy Spirit 
guides me to do like i'm gonna agree with it mm -hmm. and if there's something that's happening in the world i'm gonna i'm gonna turn to jesus i'm gonna agree with what you say is sin yeah yeah so i agree and i i read this article that i thought was pretty uh compelling as i was looking through stuff um and it's uh, from desiringgod.org, and it was the heart of true repentance. And it was just, again, a really cool way to look at it. But it was saying true repentance comes not merely by understanding the relational aspect of sin, um, but by understanding the nature of the one with whom we are in relationship. So the more we see God as this is glorious and holy, the more we see sin as something to weep over. So in, in the Bible, um, in the Old Testament, I know we can quote some, some scriptures, but it was saying like a lot of people think that, uh, oh no, it's happening again. It's every episode. It just, it, <laughs> oh no. It's gone. It's I'm out. Mindful. Oh no. No, it's okay. I wrote it down this time. Ha ha. Um, let me go back to where I stopped reading. But let's see. Hold on. Understanding the true nature of God. In other words, more God. Well, okay, go ahead. One of the things you said is the more we see God as glorious and holy, the more we will see sin as something to weep over. Yes. And in 2 Corinthians 7, chapter 7, verse 10, it reads, For godly sorrow, mm -hmm. weeping, produces repentance that leads to salvation, yes, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. Think about that. Love it. God wants us to experience sorrow. Yeah. Like he wants us to weep. Oh, we have like, to be careful. Go ahead. You keep. I, I was just going to say, when I read that, I'm like, wow, when was the last time that I sat down and cried? Yeah. Over a sin. Yeah. Over hurting somebody. Yeah. But right? that's what I thought too. So that, I love that you said that. Way to back that up with scripture. Let's go. I got to be quiet. My family's going to be like, let's not go. <laughs> We're going back to sleep. Uh, sorry. <laughs> too early for let's goes. But, um, but no, that, that's exactly the, well, yes. So that's perfect scripture because that whole article had me think about it differently because it said a lot of times we as humans, right, we, we get sad and um, mm -hmm. we start feeling uh, condemned, right? Enemy steps in, right? We open a door when we sin, enemy steps in and is like, got him. Um, and we start being mournful or sad for ourselves, I start mm -hmm. being sad for myself and saying, oh, look at me, look at me, look at me. I did this again, and, me, me, me. But when we see and, how glorious God is and we go, no, God, I sinned against God. And now I'm mournful. I'm a whole, it's a godly mourn because I'm not mourning mm -hmm. for myself. I'm mourning that I disappointed God. And then you move past it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how, where I was going with that. No, I think that's perfect. The perfect the way you said that because- if you go back to what what is repentance not mm -hmm. it's you know going back to the way i used to view it is well you know i i'm sorry forgive me but that's not what repentance is yeah. and that worldly sorrow rep produces that because mm -hmm. what do we do we we get to sin in right yeah. you know we're we're living um in in our sin mm -hmm. and we get caught yeah and then we're like, oh, I'm sorry. But, and that's that's what the world does. We get sorry and we get sad because, oh, I, I, I did this. Mm -hmm. But repentance is, again, 
having this reverent fear of God Mm -hmm. that produces a, a sorrow in you that is because you want to change the way you're living. Right. Yeah. And so that's, and I, yeah. And that's the kind of just the end of that, that, uh, article it said repentance is less about feeling bad over behavior and more about feeling awe and delight towards God. The more glimpses we have of the glory of God, the more we mourn for scoring that glory or scorning that glory, the danger of false repentance. Cause that's what we got to be careful of, um, is we can view sin as a failure of performance which that's what the world tells us to do, right? Like we fail. Mm -hmm. Well, you're trying to please the world. And it says, rather than a failure of intimacy, the only grief we experience is disappointment in our inability to do what is right and not that we have despised the living God. Um, And that's 2 Samuel 12, 9. So I just, when I read through that, I was like, man, that's, and I do think we should put that in our show notes because it just was a really interesting way to look at it. I never had thought about it that way. Um, mm-hmm. And then, okay, so I'm going to get really awkward, but I read, I'm an emotional person, okay? And I read through, I, okay, hold on, I got to look at the time here. I don't want to deviate too much. We said we got to minimize editing. <laughs> But I always struggled growing up watching Bambi, okay? And this has meaning, I promise. I couldn't watch Bambi because it made me sad. Like, I knew it was going to happen. It's a deer. Okay, I grew up in Texas. (laughs) I know what happens, okay? it's Sorry if I ruined it. No spoilers if you haven't seen Bambi. But he's a deer. I bet he lives in Texas. They don't last long. Anywho, so the, the mom, she perishes. It's a sad thing for Bambi. But because I've always avoided that stuff, I also didn't like Lion King when Mufasa, same thing, spoiler spoiler alert. I've always avoided reading about the death of Jesus, like reading it. I know mm-hmm. what happens. We talk about it all the time. Like, you know, we talk about it in church. I understand what happens. Clearly, it's a huge part of the New Testament. But I've never read You're going to have a really hard time watching The Chosen when they... I don't want to talk about that. Jesus. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, no, like I, I've always avoided it. But the other day I sat down because I read this article and it said, you know, once we realize what Christ died for and the magnitude of that, and we see the true glory of God, then we are mournful that we... Just, you know, it talks about despite when we, when we sin, it's like, we're despising the glory of God. We're despising God. And so mm-hmm. I read it and it was a whole different shift because I was like, he endured, endured this. And I read, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to read it just because it made this, this is where I'm saying I'm emotional. It made me cry. I'm like in my bed, reading my Bible, crying. <laughs> and my husband walked into was like, you okay over there? Maybe you should like stop. And I was like, no, like, you don't understand. I'm so sad. This is, it's like really, really sad. But anyway, so it's in Mark. Okay. Let me see if I can get there super fast. Hopefully we don't have to edit this out. Matthew, Mark. Okay. I always have to say it to know where to go, but oh man, it's so sad. So I didn't realize, I mean, I knew people say, cause I told you I've, invo- I've avoided this where he says, uh, so this is in Mark. This is 14 and you know, he's, he's with the disciples. He leaves the disciples, but tells, uh, who is it? Peter, John and James, I think to come with him. And, uh, they come and they, he says, stand up here. I'm going to go out just a little bit farther and stand watch. Of course they fall asleep because they fall short 
of the glory of God because they're ding dongs. Um, and so he goes out and made me so sad. It says, he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And, you know, mm. he finds him sleeping. He goes back and he does that again and again. And he, he's calling out to God, like, Abba, Father, like, everything is possible with you. Remove this cup from me. Like, don't make me have to do this. Don't make me have to do this. And so it, it in that moment, again, I started crying. I'm not going to do it here because that's silly. Um, and it's five in the morning, six in the morning now. But, um, but it made me think like Jesus truly, I wrote this right beside it. Jesus truly understands what it means to be human because he knew what it meant. He knew his whole purpose was to live a perfect life free of sin, to die for the sin of others. He's lived his whole life surrounded by humans that he genuinely loves. You can tell that when he speaks into people and the way he treats his disciples, like he loves humans, but still in that moment, that humanly need to say, please don't make me do this. Like he doesn't want to do it, but Mm -hmm. then he follows it right after that with yet. It's not about what I want. It's about what you want and glory to you. Like, let's go. And, and mm-hmm. so I just, I just, you know, I was reading that and I was with my daughter and she's been really my youngest and she's been having a really hard time with doing what she's supposed to. And we talk all the time. She's like, why do you have to tell me what to do? Why do you get to tell me what to do? And I was like, Addie, come here. I just got a revelation from the Lord. And I was like, he, he like, look at this. I was like, it's Jesus. Jesus can do all things. But he said, I don't want to do this. And then he followed it with, but your will, not mine be done. And I was like, even mm-hmm. Jesus knows what it's like to not want to do something. So anywho, so when I read that and it made me really sad because I'm like, he literally died for salvation, for me, sinner Megan, you know, to have this relationship with, with God and to go to heaven. And then when I sin, I'm directly going against him. And it just had a whole different, Mm -hmm. I guess. So anywho, that long story short. Yeah. You, you grew in your faith, which is another foundational principle. But boom, that bridge that leads to (laughs) (laughs) that leads to right repentance Mm -hmm. is our love and our faith in in who Christ was and what he did for us. Yeah, because you're you know, you got to trust something, you know, when you have relationships with people, Mm -hmm. you you put your trust in them and you do that by getting to know them. And that's what the Bible does is you get in and you get to know Jesus and know what he did for us Mm -hmm. and you know, you love him. Yeah. And, and I think, okay, so, and I'm probably going all over the, the, the pond. I know we're, we're running on time, but, um, I know we've got a lot of Bible verses that we want to share. I don't think we'll have time to talk about all of it, but maybe we can share. And if whoever's listening wants to start reading the Bible, um, obviously pray for discernment and, uh, ask for revelation as you're reading, but, I thought it was a really cool thing real fast. So going back to that whole sinful thing and kind of waking up and, and the need to repent is the chosen. I like that chosen show, but I had one of those times where I had kind of fallen short again, you know, said I wasn't going to drink and be stupid anymore, but I did. And I don't think I was like really dumb, but what, how do you, how do you classify the degree of, of idiocy? Um, but I just drank too much was, embarrassed and, you know, was cussing, just acting a fool, trying to be all cha-cha and woke up the next morning feeling it, feeling all the things and just laid in bed and was so 
disappointed in myself and literally cried, cried by my little self in my bed. It was like, God, there's no way, like, just, just like, there's no way that I'm, that I'm going to be fixed. Like I'm broken. Like this is just who I am. This is just what I do. You know, like no matter how much I try, like I, I just can't do the right thing. And, and I sat in that and I, I heard, uh, worship music in my head, that song, I'm down on my knees again, you know, that song. And it kept playing in my head. And I was like, I don't even know what song that is, but I heard it's like down on my knees uh, again. And so I was like, what is that? Why does that keep in my head? And so I pulled it up and it was all about surrendering. I surrender. And then I haven't in a long time watched the chosen. I don't know why I just kind of stopped watching it, but I, I felt compelled to turn on chosen and I just turned on an episode and it happened to be season two uh, episode three, I think it is maybe, Oh, I probably quoted that wrong. Maybe it's season two, episode five. Yep. Where Mary Magdalene kind of relapses and goes back into sin. And I'm, I'm being totally honest. I did not even know what this episode was about. Never seen this one. I just hit play cause I was in my feelings and she goes back into her sin. Jesus sends, um, Peter and Matthew to go retrieve her. And she comes back, long story short, she comes into the tent and she completely feels kind of like I was feeling just, there's no hope for me. There's no coming back. Look, like you gave me all this, you, you know, gave me new cloth. You took away my dirty linen, you made me new. And now look what I've done with it. I'm, I'm just leave me here. You know, like, look what I've done with it. And she walks into, and this is a quote from it. She said, I'm so ashamed. You redeemed me. And I just threw it all away. I owe you everything. I just don't think I can do it. I can't live up to it. I can't repay you. And I felt like that. I don't want to get emotional, but like, that's how I felt in that moment. And then Jesus says, which of course is the actor, but he said, well, that's true, but you don't have to. I just want your heart. The father just wants your heart. Give us that. And the rest will come in time. And she said, I'm so sorry. And he said, look up, look at me. And he said, I forgive you. It's over. And I don't have the rest of the the, uh, episode quoted. And I know it's an episode. I know this isn't biblical, but I just think Holy Spirit in that moment led me to that song, led me to that episode. And I was like, I was like, that's it right there. Right. Like, okay, we got to edit out the tears. Um, But I was like, that's it right there. And uh, Jesus from the show goes on to say, if what what did he say? I think we talked about it. The whole like if that's he said like so it isn't much of a salvation if it can be lost in a day. Yeah, and so I think as Christians we have to be careful because that's the, why we're yeah the day to day. yeah like the enemy will come in and tell us like if you mess up there you go like you're out you're out. But mm-hmm. I loved that depiction of it of like no what what good would this salvation this grand thing that I've I'm going to die for B if it can be lost so easily. And he, he goes on to say in that episode, he just says, um, cause she goes, I'm just so sorry. She goes, I just can't do it. And he goes, not here, but one day you will. And I think, again, I know this isn't biblical. This is just a fictional show. Um, but I think that led to the idea of like, we live in a sinful world of, of course we can't. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'd like to think we can all live a sin-free life, but man, I've never met anybody that can. 
no matter how religious they are. No, we, you know, we don't need a savior if we don't have yeah, sin and so, or shame. And I loved that depiction of like, not here, not here. You can't, Mm-mm. you can try every day. You can repent, you can start fresh, but it's hard. And so, but he said, but one day you can. And that's assurance that when we get to heaven, sin's gone. You know, but repenting, like you said, I'm deviating. But but I think that in that moment, I just cried out to God. I didn't have the right beautiful words. I just was honest, which I think is all it takes. And just asked mm-hmm. God to forgive me and said, you know, like, Holy Spirit, please continue to work on me. Please don't give up mm-hmm. on me, which I know he hasn't. But I think that's key. Like you said, even for the big things, even for the small things, when we have these big mess ups, or we have these small mess ups. It's It's trying every single day, waking up and saying, I'm going to do better today. And then when you, you mess up asking forgiveness and truly walking away from that, trying to walk away from that, you know? Absolutely. That's, that's a great story. I think a lot of people can, can relate to that, whether it's, you know, it's drinking and all of that, but you know, everybody has their own story. Yeah. But you know, you, you agreed with God and you knew it was wrong. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even that you got caught. It was Holy Spirit like moving in you. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm curious. What is like being in those situations been for you like now? Like since you had that moment. Um, I think I'm more with God. Yeah, I think I'm more aware. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I still have those moments where, you know, my husband's very social. So we go to events, we go to things and I still have those, those bouts with anxiety and I stopped taking medicine because I don't want to live on medicine. Um, mm-hmm. So I still have those bouts with anxiety, but I think in that weakness, right? Like we're made strong in God in Christ. Mm-hmm. So in that weakness, I've just been praying more about it and really focusing on, you know, his strength and that I can do it through his strength. And, um, I've set up boundaries. So I still will have a drink, but you know, I try to cut it off and I don't just do it on my own. I have my husband mm-hmm. as my accountability partner and I'm like, Hey, after this one or two drinks, like, please remind me of who I am. Please remind me. You know, and so mm-hmm. just setting up boundaries, but then also like we just, we talked about earlier is like Holy Spirit is talking in me, like working through me. And so that desire is minimizing and that's, you know, that's helped so much as the desire to be like that. Like I have no desire to be like that, you know, and that's good. You know, I tried to go and I think that was a big thing is I had, I believe this lie that people don't like me when I'm sober. Cause I'd heard many times that when I was drunk, people would be like, man, you're so fun when you're drunk, but when you're sober, like, I mean, I, I don't think people actually said that, but I do remember they said drunk Megan is so fun. Like we love it when you come out, you're, you're so fun. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not really me. That's drunk me, you know? And so oh, see, you're so different. Yeah, I think my nose is right. Not to say that you're not fun, but I'm a fun time. Krista. You're <laughs> a fun sober, Megan. You're a fun time. Yeah. But that's, but I had gone but, to a get together and I didn't drink and I was fun. Mm-hmm. And it, it, that sounds, mm-hmm. so, this sounds so stupid. Okay. But this is just my battle. Everyone has different battles. This is my battle. And I'd gone to a get together and I wasn't drinking and I was still fun. And I was like, wait, I can do this. And I, I felt like in this. that moment, God was like, see, like, see, I've, I've made you yeah. just, you know, so I think it's, you know, also releasing those lies as repentance is, 
I don't know, for me in, in reading the Bible, I think, of course, like what we've talked about, you know, saying you're sorry, truly meaning it, mourning it, mourning it, feeling it like, you know, like you've, you've gone against God when you sin, but then it's also like realizing that there's a lie attached sometimes that we believe in that sin and releasing that lie to God and being like, I'm not, I'm not going to believe that anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to say, and this is how I feel. Um, not saying it's the way it is, Mm -hmm. But just on the subject of drinking. Yeah. I think there are things of the world that are a sin for some people, Mm -hmm. but not for other people. Yeah. Me, for example, I am five months sober. Mm -hmm. Drinking for me was a sin. I was drinking a bottle of wine or something you know, I was doing that every single day. And then I started, I started hiding my drinking. Mm -hmm. I started, you know, I became an alcoholic. Yeah. And the way I view it is I was placing that alcohol and the way it made me feel above my relationship with Christ. You're making it an idol. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Now my husband, he collects bourbon. He has a bar, you know, um, and he, he likes the hunt and he'll have a drink and he likes the taste, but he doesn't place that above his relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even for other sins, you know, for most of my life, I've struggled with an eating disorder mm-hmm. and I placed what people thought of me and what I thought I needed to look like above what God said about me, what God wanted me to look like, mm-hmm. which is just be me. He right. loves me regardless of anything like that regardless of the flesh he wants he wants my heart Mm -hmm. so you know to the listeners we're not saying that drinking is bad or one sin is worse than another but if you place it above christ then you should probably do some reevaluation. Yeah. And I think, I think if we, we talked, I know we're not right now, but I think if we talked through sin, like what is sin? And maybe we can have an episode on that. Um, but I think that takes a lot of discernment that takes, mm-hmm. you know, reading a lot of the Bible and really evaluate, you know, like we, we kind of briefly chatted about it before we pressed record, um, you know, about the old laws, uh, that were handed down to Moses in the old Testament, mm-hmm. but then Jesus coming and fulfilling the law. You know, and saying what was the what was the verse? It's Romans, Romans seven, and then um, yeah, freed from the law. I would encourage y'all to go read it. I also like Romans eight, verse one. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, the law, but according to the Spirit. So when we repent. You know, we go get baptized, we are, or we have become dead to the law through the body of Christ. Right. And I think we could, we could probably have a whole conversation about that and maybe we mm-hmm. should. Um, but that's kind of my take on it. Yeah. And I think, I think the key is once you read the Bible and you get in the word and you let the Holy Spirit start work, working in you and you know, you, you begin to understand the character of God. And mm-hmm. the character of Jesus, That's and really you good. start. I think you start internally knowing, right? Holy Spirit is working, and you start internally knowing what is right and wrong. And I think, mm-hmm. I think, if we're being honest, maybe it's just me. I, I mean, Krista, what do you think? Like, 
I think internally you start knowing right from wrong. I agree. And, you know, and I think Jesus laid it out pretty, like, I really hold on to what Jesus says. I'm like, it's God on earth. We got to let this man speak. And when, you know, growing up, I had a Bible that was like all the things that Jesus said was in red. Did y'all ever have, did you ever have one of those? <laughs> it's like everything he said was red. The red. Te- yes. That's how my Bible yes. is now. And I was like, oh, see, mine is not. So I'm like, what? But yeah, I love that. And so I think like reading back what he said, like the Sermon on the Mount and uh, deciphering his parables, I hold true to that. And what he says, I really hang on to that. Um, oh man, hold on, my Mac's about to die. I got to plug it in. But uh, so I really focus on that stuff too, on top of what Holy Spirit is internally well, working. We have some instructions in the book of Revelation when. Um, Oh yeah, John is speaking to the seven churches in Asia. Uh, Revelation yeah. chapter two, um, he gets a word from God, and so it's Jesus. I need you to tell the churches these things. These churches that yeah. have been taught this, the book of Revelation chapter two, going along with what you said, like yes, get in the word and let Holy Spirit guide you. But he, there are things in the Bible that we get instruction instructed on. Mm-hmm. Um, such as the principles and whatnot. But John is speaking to the seven churches uh, while he was on the island of Patmos, and the Lord spoke to him. And so he talks to the the seven. Four mm-hmm. of them specifically, he tells them to repent for something. Yeah. And so the the church of Ephesus, he tells them to repent for sake for forsaking love. And basically, when I read that, it's it reminds me a lot of. A song and I'll have to go look it up but basically remember when you first became a Christian when you first found Jesus and you were so on fire for him and you're like Mm -hmm. okay what do we do a lot of how we feel now right we're so on fire for like for Jesus he's basically saying what happened to that fire yeah where's your where's your zeal you know look how far you've you've gone away you know come back repent Mm -hmm. repent for that and come back to me yeah um, cause it's a lot of to, self-evaluation, you know, yeah. just doing like a quick check. That sounds silly, man. But each day I quick check, <laughs> like quick check. How am I doing God? <laughs> how am I doing? <laughs> that's, that's good. Um, and so like to another church, he says, repent for bad doctrine. Yeah. And basically it's if people or churches are, and this is, I'm passionate about this one. If people are giving you things that aren't from the Bible, then it's not truth. Right. Yep. You know, people say, this is something I hear all the time. God, well, God made me this way. And I agree. You know, you are made the way you are made. We are all born with something we have to battle. For me, it was an eating disorder. For somebody else, it might be loving another person of the same sex. Like we all have those and we have to constantly battle those, right? I have that that demon that I'm working out in my life. And so he's saying, repent Mm -hmm. for the teachings, um, for for teaching bad things. You know, I feel like Mm -hmm. sometimes the church or people, and we see this a lot, will or believe they know how to love people better than God knows how to love. Well, when you give your child to die on the cross for the sins of all the world, 
then yeah. maybe I'll, I'll listen to you and let you tell me how to love somebody. Yeah. But until that point, when you give up your child to die for, for me and for, for yeah. that, um, mm-hmm. that person in prison over there, don't talk to me. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I, I read, so, um, in another, <clears throat> in another thing I was researching, uh, and this is from fathersandministries.com, but they had said, well, this was really, he's a pastor and he was writing about the principles and he was saying that he's been teaching principles um, and intimacy with God, like that concept for years. But when he was presenting it um, to some leaders at a traditional church setting, after the training was over, the leaders basically came to him and said, we see what you're saying and it's true, but we'll continue to do what we've done as this discipleship thing is too hard. He said, or sometimes they would say like, um, they would say like, this isn't really accepted by our denomination, or they would say, uh, they'd lose their position as a pastor if they said the things about, you know, kind of about these principles, but no one ever came to him and said, it's not scriptural, right? No one ever came and said, it's not true, (laughs) just that they didn't feel comfortable teaching it. And so he said that the danger with that is that we know it's the truth, um, but these people aren't repenting. Like some churches aren't repenting and following what they admit is God. They say it's easier and more comfortable to do what has always been done, even though they know they are doing uh, what they're doing isn't working and they're changing. Hold on. And the change of the communities doesn't exist because they're teaching their followers not to really follow the truth. He said, so then it leads to the question of, Why are we praying if we're unwilling to obey? Why do we cry out yet refuse to acknowledge the error of our ways? Why do we read the Bible if we have already decided what it says in spite of what is written on its pages? That's good. So I was like, oh man. Jesus says that to us. In Luke chapter 9, verse 57, he talks about the cost of discipleship and he tells Uh, He says to them, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. He doesn't promise us comfort on this journey. You know, we, if we're going to be fully devoted, um, like we have to get uncomfortable. It's not going to be convenient for us. We have to change. You're repenting, uh you're changing your ways. You're agreeing with God about what sin is. And, you know, it's going to be hard. Yeah, but that's, but that's the key is, so let's, before we kind of, we're, we're kind of running, um, running to the end. So before we leave, I think we should leave y'all with, we don't have time clearly to talk about all the different places of repentance, but I think we should leave, uh, the end of the episode with some places to maybe go and, and read. So if you're listening, um, some things to talk about, but so Matthew three, two, um, repenting for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And that's, uh, John the Baptist. He comes proclaiming baptism. So maybe read through that. Um, when Jesus begins his ministry, the first thing he does is it's with repentance through baptism. Um, and that's yeah. Matthew four seventeen. If, the story of Isaiah. Say, Go ahead. Yeah. You know, I feel like repenting is pretty important. If that's what Jesus began his ministry saying, like repent. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Repent. And then, you know, the story of Isaiah about repentance, um, declaring that the people of the Lord, it's coming and the mighty arm, but the arm is not to destroy. Oh, I love this one. It says the people that the Lord is coming with a mighty arm, but the arm is not to destroy them, but to carry Mm -hmm. them back home. You know, so 
we, we fear God. We have a healthy fear of God because he's so mighty and powerful. But we also don't forget that he's our father who wants to hold us near and dear to his heart. So he's not here to destroy and, you know, with his arm, he's here to coddle us and carry us. We just have to accept, you know, so um, love that. And then second, Peter, uh, God's time is perfect for ours. God gives us time in the waiting so we can repent. And I think even further in that, it talks about how God's timing is different than ours and that he gives time for us to repent and figure it out because he wants us all to be in the kingdom of heaven with him. Amen. So, but I think as we, are we closing it out? Yeah, I think, um, I think so what's so coming up, Krista? The next principle for the next episode will be about our faith in God. And we'll t- kind of tie all these in together. You know, we'll recap repentance and then mm-hmm. go right into faith. So. Yeah. And I think, I think too, really fast before we leave is that if, if you're listening to this and this is stirring something up inside of you with this whole repentance thing is that one, it's never too late to repent, right? Even if you're on your deathbed, Mm -hmm. it's never too late. And it doesn't have to be some huge sacrificial thing. Like the the Bible, I don't have the, I'm so bad about this. I don't have the right verse on the top of my head, but I know there's a verse in there that says, since Jesus has come, we don't have to do this whole like sacrificing a lamb or, you know, anything like that. Like you simply stop, you know, ask the fault, like ask God to forgive you, like confess what you've done wrong. Change your mind. Confess it. Change your mind and, and then start letting the Holy Spirit, ask the Holy Spirit to come in you and start leaning into that and doing better, you know, like turn away from it and walk towards God. Awesome. All right. I think we can close it out uh, with a blessing. Okay. Um, May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. All right, guys. Amen. And we will see you for episode three as we dive into faith in God. Faith. All right. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you next time.